This podcast may contain questionable language, will contain spoilers, and we'll soon find out if 38 is too old for roller coasters. and welcome to episode 161 of Movie Drone. I'm struggling to get a grip of the schedule, Steve. I'm booking all sorts of shit, Mark. Aren't <laughs> you just? I, you I just? checked with you. You went, do what you like, mate. Do you know what? If you hadn't put the tweet out saying, tonight we're recording, mm-hmm. oh, it wouldn't have happened. But literally, <laughs> as will become apparent in the next half an hour or so, yeah. I have written my notes in about five minutes. <coughs> Good because, for you, uh, mate. Because I wasn't ready That's at all. a bit of luck I'm on it then, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking it's, it was I mean, it's not like I've sent you a photo of the schedule <laughs> and you've got it all on your phone. I mean, it's in tiny fucking letters. I tell you, I can't see nothing at the moment. I forgot no. my glasses tonight. You ain't got no readers, have you? New. No. I okay. might have a magnifying glass somewhere. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help. Or a monocle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I could probably pull one of them off. Yeah? Yeah. How you been then? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm off to Fort Park tomorrow, aren't I? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it's not too old for roller coasters. About to find out, mate, aren't we? Well, I mean, I've got to be honest. The last time I was older than that, the last time I went to uh, Florida, yeah. so SeaWorld. But that know. was the old um, wooden coasters, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're the best ones. They're still around. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was uh, It was for one of Jill's birthdays, one of her landmark birthdays a few years ago. And I've got to be honest, after the first roller coaster, I thought, you know what? I made a mistake here. Yeah. Come all this way. Feel a bit Tom Dick, but uh, after the first one, it was fine, mate. Was it, it? Was fine? Yeah, really enjoyed. Last time I went there, I ended up laying down, going green for a little while. Yeah, but you, I mean, you're not really a, a sort of like thrill seeker no, anyway. I, I love a roller coaster. I don't like the ones with repetitive movement. Right. So if they go to and fro or side to side or round and round, right. not a bit of me. Okay. If you throw me around different ways, I'm fine. It's not right. repetitive movement. Okay. I was only sick on the Back to the Future ride. You know, the ones where you have the video going right, and yeah. the car moves. Yeah. Yeah, then not good. Not good no, for me. No, not for them. No, no. But yeah, we're staying, we're staying up there, mate. We've got to stand in the Shark Hotel, it's called. Right. So I thought, sounds quite exciting, doesn't it? I had a look on the old internet. Right. World's smallest fucking rooms. There's four it? of us going in a cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that they've got to do with sharks then? Do they like live it's in a, small areas? Front, by the, what I can see, there's a picture of a shark on a wall. <laughs> I hope I bet, there's more to it. If I'm I bet honest. it's the dearest fucking hotel room you've ever had in your life. It as wasn't well. cheap, but <laughs> let's hope. But yeah, went to the, the old theatre, mate. Went uptown. Right. Went up to the old theatre. Saw Pretty Woman Saturday saw, night. Saw it you was with great. Your six pound thirty beer. It was great. Six pound forty. Was it? Two drinks each. Thirty-seven and a half quid. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I thought, blimey. And then the bloke next to me was like, uh, "Can I have two bottles of prosecco, please?" Certainly says that's £150, please. I said, fuck. <laughs> did my... he buy them? Yeah, of course he did. Prosecco. Prosecco. <laughs> 75 quid a bottle, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, I was quite happy with my £6.40 beer. They're after, trying mate. to recoup their losses, yeah, pandemic losses. Front row centre, mate. Got spat on. 
I mean, did you? Yeah. Yeah, standing there, I was standing, sort of sit, or sitting down, watching up, and they obviously got the lights, and as he hit a note, I saw this big uh, blood oh. come out my way. <laughs> so I got spat on. That's not COVID secure then, is it? Not really. Um, the amount of people they crammed in that theatre, I think that was right. the least of the issue. I mean, I've been in the splash zone before at the theatre. Yeah. Went to see Singing in the Rain, right. and they had actual rain or actual water, and it was like called the splash zone. Okay. Yeah, it was disappointing. thought it'd yeah. be something a little bit more <laughs> racier than that, but uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it was good fun, mate. Nice to be out London again, mooching around. Was it though? I'm not really a fan of London. No, but I've been away from not. it long enough now that I was actually like, this is quite nice. Sat on the train, saw all the lights and stuff. It's not, is it? Yeah, you're lying. It's not. I had a, it's I not. Had a really, really nice day. Did mate. you? I did. Okay. I did. All right, fair enough. Um, dirty kebab on the way home. That was very nice. And then the missus treated me to a uh, fire lighting masterclass. Right. right. Is this for when you go to the thing at New Year? Yep. So you can light your indoor yeah. fireworks. So I've been learning fire by friction. So right. bow drilling, hand drilling, right. some bamboo plow methods. Right. Putting together my fire kit, right? So I'm getting a little kit. But I have lit my first one this week using mechanical methods. Right. They teach you, mate, how to short a battery out and set light to stuff. Right. I had a fire. Did you? Yeah. Excellent. It was awesome. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm becoming a fire lighting master. The fire starter. Yeah, a pyromaniac. Yeah, good, good. As long as you don't want to fire within two hours. <laughs> Anyone else would just use a lighter. There's me uh, there with my battery. Don't do it in the shed. Ooh. This thing does, looks really flammable. It's basically a tinderbox, isn't it, mate? <laughs> How's your week been there, mate? Oh, not too bad, mate. Luke, when he good, eh? He was. We do say. back off that one. Yeah, we do say that the best part of uh, of this is the guests, the special yeah. guests. Yeah. And, uh, and as always... Uh, they delivered, so... And they're keeping coming, mate. I've <laughs> booked us out for the next three weeks, and it sounds like I might have a fourth as well. A bit of pressure now for all the rest of the guests, yeah, isn't it? You know yeah, what I mean? So uh, there we go. Um, I bet you're glad that OnlyFans is allowing the old uh, pornographic content again, so you can keep, doing, keep doing your toe-sucking oh, videos. Oh, cool. Yeah, obviously, on a plus note for me, at least I get clean toes all right, the time. okay. And Lee can keep paying us for the privilege <laughs> of watching them. So, uh, so that's good. Oh, thank God it? for that. That's good. I was really worried about yeah. that. Um, I mean, it might cheer you up to know I've got customs woes at the moment. Right. Bought something from France, and I don't think they paid the VAT, so now it's stuck in parcel false. You ever tried ringing anyone from France? No. Um, no. No, it's not great, is it? No. No, not really. In fact, the person that I've been speaking to is a person that deals with the shops in France. They yeah. speak nice English, but they don't really know how to solve my problem. Right. However, they were going to pass me over to the person who deals with all of the European countries yeah. who doesn't speak a word of English. So Why don't you just speak French then, mate? <laughs> well, bonjour. I did say bonjour. Uh, bonjour. Uh, a la running gear. Right. Missing. <laughs> I was going through. I was trying to think. How do I say? Uh, it's Jumapel, is it? It's Jumapel. Jumapel, yeah, Steve. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the... I don't know what... Uh, so, anyway. Je was, beat la maison. I know je ne vois blow espagnol. Is that it? Je ne vois blow espagnol. So I don't speak Spanish. I know that. So I said that anyway. <laughs> well, you, know you could I mean? just change that to Francais. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. then I don't speak French. <laughs> But yeah, I'm having woes, mate. So Running I'm gear, trying... I'm guessing. Some no. paraphernalia. Sort of. It's all the stuff I need from a marathon anyway. It's not really the issue, is it? But they keep telling me that custom charges are my responsibility. However, it's not customs charges. It's VAT. Oh, so, no. So I'm very angry about that. Very if it helps, VAT is a nightmare in this country at the moment with reverse VAT and all stuff like oh, that. So lovely. it's <laughs> lovely. terrible time. Oh, and I'm injured at the moment. Oh, 
got bad knee. I thought he was looking a bit rough. Mate. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, and I can't work out. Am I? I can't run or nothing oh, at no. the moment. I've hurt my knee. I've got a long run to do on Sunday, yeah. and then I've, I've been so, so I thought I'd do loads of weights this week. Yeah. Pulled a muscle in my chest yesterday. Could barely move my fucking chest. Really? So yeah, not doing too well at the moment, mate. So uh, that's why I'm a bit angry. <laughs> Told you this exercise, my life is not good for you, mate. <laughs> be the death of me. I've I'll been telling you for years. <laughs> oh, so yeah, there we go. That's it. So um, just have to keep doing the old OnlyFans stuff, won't we? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, you got any thanks this week, mate? Yeah, we don't do Patreon, we do our OnlyFans. Well, I mean, if anyone wants another link. Yeah. <laughs> got nice toes, nice toes. Well, all Hairy the toenails ones. are missing from the running. <laughs> all black. <laughs> don't seem to bother you. fetish one where you can peel one off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're at Lee a lot. So there you go. Got any thanks, mate? Yes, mate. We got thanks to Collateral Cinema to write stuff reviews for your reconsideration pod, Podcast HQ, Lee, Nerdrovert, Spoiler Piece Theatre, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Forza Crowd, WTM, Ronnie Castle, Tim, What Should We Watch, Miriam Twice, The Podcast That Wouldn't Die, and Lewis Rain. Thank you very much, everybody, for those retweets. So I've got special thanks this week for people who've gone the extra mile. So obviously you've got Luke. Coming yeah. in last week. Um, thank you very much. So we've got Jill Cassie, VHS Strikes Back, Jamie Russell, Cinema Recall, Glyn, Sean Panda Nicholson, Emma at the Movies, Mr. Positivity Wolfie T, Jamie Irwin, Ryan, Movie Journey Podcast, Ben at Filmbusters, Apple Park Films, Chris Watt, Ian McIntyre, and I'm going to say Dean Reese Jones, but it's spelt D E I A D D D N D D N. I'm going to okay. say it's Dean. It might be Dean. Yeah, from Wales. Uh, oh. Things a little bit different, but thank yeah. you very much. He was listening to the last episode, and made a lovely comment. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Can we also strike uh, VHS strikes back from that special? Thanks, <laughs> please. Listen to their episode today on The Exorcist. Have you? Oh, they're not fans, mate. Are they not? No. Too scared. Too scared. A little bit. I think Glyn calls them wet lettuces. <laughs> Does he? Um, yeah, yeah. He's not impressed at them, but yeah. Not impressed. No. Not impressed, mate. Okay, right. I'll have to have a listen so to I've that. still got half of it to go, but I, don't, I can't see a turnaround coming, if I'm honest. <laughs> okay, all right. There you go. Sorry about that. Yeah. Chris and Dave. There we go. Got promise, mate. Yes, mate. Do you ever find yourself sitting on the couch late at night wondering, what should I watch? Aimlessly flipping through streaming services, pondering as you let your cursor settle over a title, but you just can't bring yourself to commit and push play. Well, guess what? We do that, and we made a podcast about it. Because everybody makes podcasts, but we decided to make ours about movies. I'm Kay. I'm E. And together we start a journey through cinema, where we watch a movie, sit down, discuss it, debate it, test each other's knowledge of it, and then give our final seal of approval or disapproval. Yeah. So join us as we try to search the infinite web, attempting to answer the age-old question, what should we watch? So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and drop us a comment. Let us know what you think, and we'll have some interactive portions where you can join the fun. So pop some popcorn, pop some wine, and join us, won't you? Tune in to What Should We Watch with K&E. Coming at you live, brother. It's not live. Coming at you. Pre-recorded and edited. Pre-recorded, edited, and delivered, brother. Bye. There we go. So that's our friends K and E from the What Should We Watch podcast. You were doing a little head jog there, a little head dance, weren't you? Yeah, Enjoying brother. That, weren't you? <laughs> weren't yeah. You? yeah. So uh, they said, I mean, that last episode I think was the Heights. It was a yeah. little while ago. I think yeah. they like WTM. You know, they do it. 
as and when they as fucking when they like. like it, so, yeah. um, but I got a great back catalogue. Yeah. So please listen to our friends. What should we watch? Yeah, absolutely. I got. I don't even want to say it. Welcome to the Mark reads some film lines in some similar voices, and Steve has to guess the film from the lines read to get points. Game. Hashtag. What's that film? Oh, there we go. So this is uh, your what's that film quiz? I'm not doing very well, mate. No, I'm not enjoying the quiz at the moment. Oh no! Every time I listen back, I can glaringly hear what it is after about like four. I should be getting oh. fours. And I just can't do it. It's all the fun can't of the quiz, live. mate. I can't it? do it live. I'm choking at the moment. Choking. Yeah. So who got what and what was it? So uh, it was Die Hard, mate. <laughs> it was Die Hard. Um, so LJ Human and Sean won. One? Yeah, one. Oh, good. Yeah, so you've got some that. company. Yeah. Dave Horrocks yeah. got three. Okay. I'm taking two points off by the exit, so he's got one. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's official. No. But Jamie Russell, Emma, Glynn, Ryan and Jill all got five. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I should have got Smashed more. it. I mean, if I get another, like, one or zero or whatever, I might, like, just storm out. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It might just be Well, this one's got that. some... Big clues right. and some big iconic lines in, so fingers crossed uh, for you, mate. Okay. All right, then. Go on, Not then. Not so much the first one, but can't be getting <laughs> five. So five points in, mate. What's that feel? Who needs him? I've got a vibrator. Oh, uh, who needs him? I've got a vibrator. Probably a better impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What was I? I was just speaking out loud then. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. No. Four points in, mate. Yeah. What's that feel? Have you seen my wiener? I <laughs> see. Right, this is it. Right, I hundred percent should get that. And Have now, you seen my wiener? And now I'm just thinking, this is uh, yay! <laughs> Four Very points, good. mate. Oh yes, back in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy with that now? Uh, well, I mean. I That's suppose. That's a four. It means nothing, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, go on. Right, three points for everyone else. What's it feel? Is that is that hair gel? Right, okay. Yeah. Two points. What's that feel? We've got a bleeder. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? I'm sorry. Done, mate. I'm just waiting for you to acknowledge <laughs> anything. Are you? No, you know, once no. I've got it, I yeah. just sit here, make for, you feel uncomfortable. For one point, then, mate, for anyone else who hasn't got it, what's that feel? Frank and beans. <laughs> 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 uh, I think that that impression is probably going to give people oh, fours. I think the lowest anyone's going to get on that one. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 100%, we'll soon mate. See, 100%. We? Well, there you go. Please let us know what you think it is and how many you think you got yeah. via DM, as yeah. not to spoil it to the three or four people who actually care. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next? Oh, I know. Mark's mail sack. There we go. So, uh, we've, I think some have been coming in. Yeah. Now, I've obviously had a problem with the schedule. Yeah. Um, I really didn't know where Everything, I was. Everything, mate. I am hoping yeah. and praying yeah. that I've answered the correct question. I really am. <laughs> We're going to find out, <laughs> It could be a bit of a problem yeah. if you ask me a question and I answer something completely different. Uh-huh. But there we go. Let's see. But we're still going to need some more. Yes. So where can people send questions? Please send them over via Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone, or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com. We still need more. We've got a few in, obviously. We have got so, a few in, yeah. but it's nice to pick them around. It's nice to swap them around so we can use them topically if needed. Mm. So please send them in. Give us, fill my sack up. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Yes. <laughs> this is the next section. This is the section that we love to call... Question time. Question time. Question time. 
Time for the question, question time. Question time, question time. Time for the question, question time. There we go. So I'm, mm. I'm so uncomfortable. This knee really hurts. This chest really hurts. I'm trying to get comfortable here. So, uh, you know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so uh, we have got a question in. Yes, we have. Please be the right one. Please be the right one. Who's it from and what's it about? We got a question from Gary who wants to know our top five favourite islands in film. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one come in. I've got to be honest. <laughs> it's a good one, though. Yeah. It's a good one. I oh, know. I've wasted that, really. Yeah. It was from Sean <laughs> who said, what are your top five police officers in film? Okay. Right. Oh, well, there we go. Brilliant. Right, so, Enjoyed yeah. that, Mum. Mate, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Should I do five, uh, Sean's top? Yeah, go five. on in, yeah, yeah. So, number five for Sean, Police Chief Marge Gunderson. Police Chief. Police Chief. <laughs> Police Chief Marge Gunderson from Fargo. Okay. It's falling apart, yeah. mate, isn't it? <laughs> number four, he's got Detective Frank Serpico. Okay. Number three, Judge Dredd. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hoping the good one, Slice Alone one. Yeah. Number two, he's got RoboCop. Okay. And number one, he's got Officer Larvel Jones from Police. Are Academy. you forgetting all your consonants tonight? That was number one. <laughs> Police for number one. Is it you? Are you just dropping consonants? <laughs> Is that what's one. going on? Is that Officer? <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> Officer Larvel Jones from Police Academy. Okay. Thanks very much, Sean, for the question and the answers. Um, okay. Right. Okay. So you got five. Yeah. Good. What right. are we doing? Five and five or one and one? Five. Uh, Let's do one and one. One and one. Number five, Scott Turner. Turner and Hooch. All right. Hank. Okay. I suppose you didn't have Hooch. Got to be honest. Weren't a police officer, mate. Well, I don't know. Would it not? It could have been, though, couldn't it? Could have been, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, why number one, Axel Foley. Okay. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. You don't like them, do you? Not a huge fan, mate, no. Right. No. Okay. Right. I'll give or take. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. My number four, Billy Costigan from The Departed. Okay. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Yeah. My number four. Is Alonso Harris. Okay. Denzel Washington, Training Day. Oh, nice one. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't yeah. it? I mean, not a very nice fucker, though, do you know what I mean? So, but, uh, great, great oh, character. performance is fucking amazing. Yeah. My number three, mate, Clarice Starling. Okay. All right. Um, Jodie Foster version. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. My number three, Terence McDonough, Nick Cage, Bad Lieutenant. Great show. I wanted that one. It's in my um, honourable mentions, right. but I knew you'd have it. So right, okay. I didn't want to clash. Yeah, that's great as well, wasn't it? Mm. None of mine are particularly nice. Oh. There you go. My number two, mate, Detective Somerset. Okay. From Seven. From Seven, yeah, good, good. Intriguing character. Very much so, very much so. My number two, was it? Yeah. They're joint ones. It's Jimmy Popeye Doyle and Buddy Cloud Russo. It's Gene Hackman and Roy Schneider from The French Connection. Okay. Right. I don't even think you've seen that yet. Have I haven't seen that yet. You've seen a little snippet of it. In, in Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember the conversation. Yeah. The trivia is, stay with me, mate. Is it? Yeah. Good. You're going to need that for that uh, movie journey thing. Mate. Yeah. Make sure you log that just logged, in case. Logged and logged. Wouldn't that be good if that was like It'd a decider? Great, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, boom. It's my number one, mate. Police Officer Dixon. Right. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, okay. Sam Rockwell. Right. Okay. Such a great character. Excellent, excellent. I mean, my number one, mm. I've got to say it. 
Go on. Frank Drevin. Hey. I've got to, you know what I mean? Yeah, Frank Drevin is the was, ultimate police officer. He was trying so hard not to. And well, then I mean, was I? I mean, I'd, I'd, I was rushing, oh, obviously. So. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> I just like that. That's a win-win. If just I Google right that one. movie police officers, are these ones you keep just going to be the top five? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's possible, apart from Frank Drevin. Yeah. It's probably not going to be at the top. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's an easy win for me, that one. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. But, yeah, brilliant. Okay. Honourable mention to... Uh, Police council angle though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you very much, Sean. Yeah. If you want your question answered yeah. in that sort of maybe uh, your favourite island. <laughs> Good question. That I'll, I'll thank that. <laughs> so I can answer that. So yeah, if you want your question answered with such a plum like that, yeah. with uh, the top five answers on Google, then please um, <laughs> give, give us a shout. Give us a question. Yeah. All right then, mate. Yeah. All right. The reason I've turned up actually on time, surprisingly. Yeah. Oh no! Shocked to see it coming. We saw a film. We did. We saw a film that's currently seven out of ten on IMDb. Is a fifteen one hour thirty two minutes build as a drama thriller, with a synopsis of a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Four million dollar budget so far, grossing three million. This is directed by Michael Sarnowski, starring Nicolas Cage, Alex Wolf, and Adam Arkin. This was 2021's Pig. Clip. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole I don't understand. Tell me you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. Have you seen that hole in my jeans there? No, I'm trying that, not to look. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we saw uh, a Nicolas Cage film. Yeah. Surprising that yeah. You, uh, you agreed to do it. Mm. But I'm glad you did. So I'm very, very, very interested in hearing, mate, what did you think of, I think it was made in 2019, but released okay. in 2021's Pig. The interesting one, mate, this old podcast in Malarkey, isn't it? Because mm. um, it sort of makes you realise what subjects can make a good film and a bad film, etc., etc. So I've watched a film about an Icelandic sheep farmer. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I have the remakes on Sky at the moment. Not interesting, mate. No, I love okay. the Icelandic oh, looking enough, one. So I don't mean that dismissive. I think the first one's perfect. Yeah, okay. so I'm quite happy good, watching good. it. So I've watched a film called Elephant. Didn't actually have an elephant in it, so <laughs> but I loved it. And now I've watched a film about a truffle pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. A film about a truffle pig. <laughs> and I fucking loved it, mate. Did you? Yeah. Right. Fantastic film. Good. Absolutely. It's going to be a big score. I'll give you it now. I'll right. tell you now. I, I don't want to know the score yet. No, I'm not telling you the score, but right. I'm telling you now this is going to get okay. a good score. Right. I don't mean, I don't know if you're taking the piss at nope. the moment. Nope. I can't really tell at the moment. I can't really nope. see past that, all that hair on your face, whether you're actually sort of smirking or whatever. Yep. I mean, obviously, we know you're, I suppose it is a bit of a dislike of Nicolas Cage to a point. You I've do, sussed it. I've sussed okay, it. Have you? Yep. We'll get on to it in a bit. Okay. But I've sussed my dislike. Right. Okay. So that's good. So I, I mean, again, this is another one I think that I'm suffering at the minute. I'm reading synopsis mm. and I'm getting films that I don't expect. Mm-hmm. And I think the build up to this, I got like, do you remember we saying, I thought it was like a revenge thriller, like mm. a John Wick sort of thing. And yep. I expected a performance that was going to be like, did you never watch Willy's Wonderland recently when it was out? Did you? Yeah. Emma said to watch it and I watched it. Um, it was like Nick Cage is like maddest. And um, I was expecting something like that. Totally not like it, is it? No. Totally I literally like got it. it felt like it was heading down a John Wick route, but 
took a turn in off of that. Yeah. But it almost felt like it kept wanting to turn back onto it, but it kept sort of missing the turn off. Yeah, I mean, it was more depressive than revenge, wasn't it? I, I think it's a lot deeper than it comes across at face value. I, th- I think I expected, I think I've had the opposite effect to you, whereas I was expecting a throwaway film. Mm. And I've got something a lot deeper yeah. and emotive. I think Nicholas Cage given his best performance for a while. Um, good, wasn't it? it was, yeah. I mean, Mandy, you do you like Mandy, loved though, didn't Mandy. you? Yeah, loved Mandy. So I think obviously his best one since Mandy. I've watched a few films of his since then, mm-hmm. and because I appreciate you know, the sort of actor that he can be, um, I've enjoyed them, but not as much as I'd enjoyed the performance on mm-hmm. this. So, um, so yeah, mate. I mean, it's pretty much all male cast as well. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. only just like one woman one, in it yeah. that spoke and one that was comatosed, I think. Yeah, I don't know if that's a conscious choice or just how it happened. No, I think that it, it sort of gave itself to the plot, didn't it? The mm. plot was about lost females in people's but the, lives. I think the female that was in it was hilarious. Right. Well, there was two in there, weren't there? There was one of the thieves, right. circle thieves, and then there was the truffle boss woman. Right. Mm. Um, she was brilliant. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. When the she just turned around woman. and was like, Oh, yeah, and off she went. I was like, <laughs> yeah. great character. Yeah, I forgot about her. So then, mate, okay, so so why did you like it? I think a lot of people would miss the actual meaning of the film. Mm. Um, people hear it's about a pig, and I don't think it's really about the pig at all. It's about his past demons and losing his wife and the pig sort of becoming a replacement. Mm. So I think on the face of it, uh, the pig getting kidnapped is almost like a big metaphor that goes throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and I think all of his grief and love towards the pig, and all his emotions towards the pig is just a replacement for his wife. So it just sort of represented his wife. Yeah. I mean, we don't um, get to find out too much about no. her, do we? we? We only know that he won't listen to the audio cassette yeah. that he's got of a woman's voice, and he won't listen to it. So we yeah. get an inkling that something's gone. But he's gone, like, way off the grid. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think he's gone through a lot of trauma we don't know quite like you say it's never explained what the trauma is and i think he's holding a lot of trauma and i think the pig is a way and the lifestyle he's got now is a way of stopping him dealing with it yeah i mean i've got to be honest the cinematography when it opens with him in the woods etc and the the way it actually looked reminded me a bit of leave no trace something like that yeah and I thought that was beautiful, mm-hmm. even to the point where it felt so real, I could almost smell Nicolas Cage because he was crusty <coughs> as hell, wasn't he? He did look great. <laughs> he didn't look too good at all. All the way through this film, now there was numerous amounts of chances for him to have a wash, yeah. and all he actually did was got get worse. Yeah. And considering he puts himself from this into uh, a place with more uh, social interaction, mm-hmm. it, I find it brilliant that he just stayed exactly the same not all one the way fuck through. was given oh and we actually sort of when we meet him he's a man of very few words as well I expected a lot less dialogue if I'm honest right, okay. I'd, I'd sort of heard that so I don't know whether I've misheard it somewhere but I thought there was no either no dialogue from him or very very little right um, and I think the dialogue in the film was actually really, really good. Yeah. There's a couple of lines in there. I think there's one where he says, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. Right. Um, I think there's a lot in there you can take from this. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I mean, I do understand that. I have false um, care about a lot of things. I mm-hmm. get very, very upset if stuff breaks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you shouldn't really. When you actually look at it, yeah, like there are like things that I don't things really, and stuff really right? care things about exactly, exactly indeed. I'll probably learn a bit from this then. Mm. So we get Alex Wolf in there. Yeah. I'm not a great Alex Wolf fan, but I've got to be honest. This is probably his favourite performance that I've seen him do. 
And I don't know, you liked him probably more in Hereditary, I think. I didn't. Yeah, I like him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I love him, but I did think he was in danger of being all sort of typecast in a quirky role. He must right. be a quirky guy. So it's nice to see him allowed to sort of do a more straight character and progress it a little bit more. Because yeah. we don't generally get any sort of um, character progression from him. No. He, he starts a bit weird and carries on weird. It doesn't really allow him to do a lot with the character, whereas this one, I thought we managed to sort of get through and he built him up by the end. Yeah, I think that they actually worked really well together. They almost yeah. became like a comedy duo at some point. Yeah. You get like the, the height difference and stuff and some of the things that they're going through. And, well, there's a scene where Nick Cage smashes his car up and stuff and you almost get a bit of comedy between them and you do get some tender moments as well, some good dialogue and some yeah. and bits where they actually do open up to each other, which... Um, it's something that I haven't really heard Alex Wolf do, to be honest. So. I think there's also a couple of bits with this, and I think I like this. I can't remember what film. Oh, Summer Sam, where I said it's the subtle parts in the film that were good. Mm. And I found the same with this. So it's, yeah, they was building a relationship, but it was a silly little bits that we had the big sort of come together with them where they was arguing and... But you could tell Nick Cage was softening to him when he was just either cooking him breakfast or... He got when uh, he went to the bakery and he was like, "Can I have two? Yeah, yeah. And he sort of got yeah, him yeah, one. Yeah. And he was sort of there was them little subtle bits in there where you could tell the characters were warming. Yeah, the um the kidnapping scene. I haven't heard pig squeals since. You, what was that fucking film you had where all those pigs were? And I and I took exception to it. I can't um, remember. It was the dog one. What was it? The dog one where the dog gets shot. You go, me. Old Yeller. Old Yeller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We well, have the pigs in there. Yeah. I haven't heard that noise since then. It's quite disturbing. That's horrific. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we get the kidnapping scene, and then, like I say, you think rampage, didn't you? Yeah. Think, Here we go. This is where they was yeah. heading, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. Would you have preferred to? Not, not no. preferred. Would you? Would you have think you would have still enjoyed that? Because there, there's elements of John Wick and other films like Fight Club that we'll get to in a little bit in this. Yeah. And so it has taken stuff from that, mm. like, um, but it didn't take the main bit, did it? Which was the revengeful person. I think it was really clever. Yeah. I think it was really clever leading you down that path. And I think it's the difference between it being a throwaway film and something that's actually, in my opinion, a little bit special. Yeah. Because um, we sort of look at him as though he's like a mute bum, if you like. He's just got nothing about him. And there are, again, little subtle clues that go along. Like he cooks his little pig friend a dinner, but it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Like but I hadn't clocked onto anything by then. And no. then when he woke up in the room and he was like, I need to go into the city, I expected, even after I'd learnt it, there was sort of double points where he went, I need to go and get all this stuff. And I was expecting him to either start wiring bombs up yeah, or yeah. something. And it just never happened. No. So it took me a while to understand the food connection. But I don't actually think it's fully explained right through to the end, is it? No. As, as to why this person's or the character was written as a, some as a, a, a top chef, or he was a top yeah. chef. I know you get the you said we get the little clues, even the names of the acts. Yeah, they're all like named after like um, dishes and stuff, yeah. aren't they? And and stuff. So you do get that. But I'm not quite sure. I, mean, I don't know what the conscious decision was to make him a chef. I, I, I suppose. Uh, it's that link to him be he was probably the best chef wasn't he so mm. now he's going he's finding the best ingredient so I mm. suppose it's just a metaphor for he's still at the top of his game finding the best stuff yeah yeah um, I, I, 
I don't think there was necessarily a reason, but I really liked it the way they did it. I like the way that they actually wrote in the sort of conclusions as to how they get to where they need to get using food mm. and using the link to the food. Um, we mentioned earlier, or I did about, uh, there's elements of Fight Club in there. Mm-hmm. What did you think about like the, this underground sort of, um, I, it, it didn't seem right, although it gave us obviously probably the only brutal scene yeah. of the film. I don't know, it, it seemed to sort of come out of nowhere and I thought, Really, would there be like an underground <laughs> chef's? I mean, I suppose it's a stressful job. Good yeah, way, to, good way it, to get it, a bit it, of stress out. Part of me thought initially it didn't fit with the film, and then another part of me thought it did. Yeah, uh, because like you say, they've all got that stressy atmosphere. Yeah, I, f- I found it a little bit weird that the entrance of this thing was just behind a few shelves that you could have just moved <laughs> some boxes off and saw it. Right. Um, but I, I did really like it. It sort of gave that element of enough of this film we wanted, so it did give it a slightly different dimension, but it was a bit of a strange segue. Um, Certainly not my favourite scene. No, but it was like a bit, I suppose it was like like the Continental, wasn't it, in in John Wick? So it had the elements of Fight Club, elements of John Wick. But, um, yeah, it just seemed a little bit weird, although after watching it, I don't feel it was massively out of place. It served a purpose to give... His character, you sort of know that he was a badass when he was do- if he he obviously took a beating, yeah. and that was the whole idea, wasn't it? That, to yeah. see how long they could take a beating for. So you did get the impression he could handle himself if something well, actually I've, happened. I wonder whether this scene again alludes to the fact of him losing his shit, basically, because yeah. this came just before he was sort of starting all the next sort of plans and bits. So I wonder whether they put that seed into a lewd that he was going to go a little bit batshit and he was going to get his ultimate revenge because you was always waiting for him to turn. Yeah. And he never actually did. No. And like I say, he got beaten up and covered in blood and he still didn't go for a wash. No. And he had every opportunity yeah. when he was there, which I thought was a bit weird. He did wash his hands when he was cooking. Oh, good, good. That's good. So his photographic memory came in a bit handy. Yeah. Um, obviously led up to probably one of my favourite scenes was when he noticed that the maitre d' of that restaurant was someone who used to work for him for like two months, many years ago. And that dialogue and the way he made that bloke uncomfortable when he was obviously asking him questions about the pigs, etc., and asking him why he didn't open his own restaurant as Mm. he said he was going to, that dialogue and the fact that Nicolas Cage was just being really calm, he wasn't losing it or whatever, and Mm. watching that bloke sweat and and like just basically spill his guts, I thought was one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah, I I think he was such an influential figure that a lot of people looked up to, Mm. um, that basically this bloke had almost felt like he had made it and then got called out on it, Mm. and he had sort of almost spent all of his life with his ambitions to be like Nick Cage's character. But by the time he had got there, Nick Cage had realised that it actually means nothing mm. and then belittled him for doing that. And you could just see his sort of face change and you could feel him dying inside. Yeah, it. yeah, it was could. brilliant. He could. I mean, I'm quite glad then that they actually encouraged Nicholas Cage's character to have more dialogue as the film went through because if he'd kept a lot quieter as he did at the start, I think we would have lost... Uh, a lot of that. I, th- I think every line and every word and every beat of his dialogue was well thought out and placed. Mm. And there wasn't anything wasted. I thought everything he said had its place. Yeah, so speaking about, obviously, uh, performances-wise, um, so Nicolas Cage, did you think it was sort of written for him, this sort of thing? I don't really know, mate. 
I wouldn't have chosen him for it necessarily, but oh, this is what okay. I say. This is my. I think I had a realization this week about him, and for me, I think he's similar to Sheila Buff. Right. Um, in the way that I think he handles a low-budget indie-esque film a lot better than a blockbuster. Because mm. I look back at Nick Cage's blockbuster, there's a few I like, but mostly give or take. But the more indie, low-budget ones I love. Same with Sheila Buff. And I think both of them thrive on ultimately a ridiculous story mm. and in, in these films. And they're actually allowed to develop and do their own things. And I think... This almost gives him his love of acting back. Why? Okay. Um, rather than being this... I mean, lots of people have done it. I think Johnny Depp's done it and all things like that. They start getting these $40 million checks and stuff like that, and they just turn up. They don't necessarily want to do it, but someone's dangled $40 million under your mm. nose. Why wouldn't you? Mm. And actually getting to pick and choose and put the effort in for probably not an awful lot of money to him um, lets him get back to his roots, I suppose. And I felt that in the performance, he wanted to be there, he wanted to act. Yeah, I get the impression at the moment that he, that he is loving what he's doing. Even yeah. Willy's Wonderland, if you watched it, yeah. he just got the chance to go absolutely, totally over the top. I'm, I'm and totally, he never said a word, innit? Yeah, I'm so. totally... Perhaps that's where I got missed um, communication in. Perhaps it was Willy's Wonderland. People said he don't have a dialogue. No, he didn't I'll say a word. It, yeah, 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 so perhaps that's where I've got it from. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely a fan of him in these films. Yeah. I mean, it was quite interesting when we had him and Alex Wolfe together because Alex Wolfe obviously was trying to be a class above what he was mm. with his car and his, his classical music and all that. And obviously Nicolas Cage was completely, as you said, belittling that sort of lifestyle and being there. Just the dynamic I just thought was really good. Really yeah. good. Great writing, I think, of the characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, like you say, Alex Wolf has got that point where he expects people to be impressed with it, and it sort of battled against his own emotions when he saw no, he weren't impressed, didn't really give a shit what he drove, anything like that. Had no attachment to a material possession, like when he was just kicking his car, <laughs> yeah. and you could see him, and he was just like, it's just a car to him. He don't much care. Yeah. He's quite happy living in a shed with a pig. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as we sort of move towards the end, the food really comes to uh, the the front, doesn't yeah. it? Where he obviously sends Alex Wolf around to get the ingredients that he needs to mm. get the information out of Alex Wolf's dad. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was, uh, like I say, a, a, I mean, another weird dynamic. Obviously, mm. they, they, his dad didn't particularly like anyone, did he? And um, yeah, I, I just thought that that was that was quite cool. As you said he could have been assembling a bomb, but yeah. he wasn't. He was assembling a meal. Yeah, it, it was surreal. And it worked yeah. though, didn't it? It did. Um, and you could feel the emotion in that scene when he ate it. And just, I think the pauses and the time taken for him to register what he was eating and the taste and the emotions that brought back was mm. brilliant. Yeah, uh, especially when the big reveal comes about little piggy pig. Yeah, um, you just see. Nicholas, I mean, I'll go back to Mandy. There's a scene in there where I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I love the film, but he yeah, breaks down. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of it. I thought this one was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I believed he was broken. Yeah. Um, I got it. Yeah, I've got that. That um, I've, I've basically could believe that it, the loss was real to Nick Cage. Yeah. Not to the actual, just yeah. the actual character. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I'm going to say I took a lot away from this one, um, and I think a lot of other people will with the whole metaphor about dealing with grief um, and allowing yourself to heal, I suppose. And there's a lot of people walking around that are damaged, holding on to this stuff. And it was a nice way to watch him start to heal. He's not, by the time we get to the end, he's not healed. No. But he's realised he's on the first path of it and he's allowing himself. Mm. 
I think it was almost, I'd, I'd love to have followed the character a bit longer to see. I thought he was going to say you'd love to have followed that path. No. And, and you would have ended up in the woods because oh, you got the look. I mean, yeah. you, you stink like it. Like so I'm fire, pretty sure mate. that you can light a fucking fire um, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like I say, I, I think, sadly, I think this is going to be missed by a lot of people. Yeah, I do as well. Um, I can't help but feel it's a huge loss. But uh, do you think they're trying to lose this film? Do you think they know what they've made, but they're trying to make people discover it? Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, uh, I've heard that it's. Uh, I mean, we had to hunt for it. We yeah. unfortunately couldn't see it um, in our, our normal um, normal cinema. So I think it's out on streaming services um, this week. I think twenty third, right. it's out on some. So I think it's come out pretty quickly on streaming services. I think the synopsis will probably put people off. It don't give a lot away, does it? No, um, and it gave me the wrong impression. Like I say, and I think that if you do Google it and you see the word John Wick, which does come up in some reviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you'll think that it's a revenge thriller. It might be. Then you look at it and you don't get what you think and you'll be disappointed. Whereas mm-hmm. I didn't get what I was thinking, but I'm still happy. Mm-hmm. Um, some people won't be. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I hope that people do watch it. The reviews are good. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of good reviews. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has got very good reviews up in the 90s. I don't think IMDb is quite as high. No. But I do think it is a lover or hate film. I think people... Um, uh, a lot of people will take offence if they don't get the, the revenge yeah, thriller that they yeah. they don't they, if they don't get cage uh, dialed up to hundred and ten percent or whatever. Yeah. I think that they will be leaving negative reviews. Yeah, but um, but yeah, which is a shame. I think people should watch it. Yeah, I could recommend it to a lot of the people who listen to this podcast. I, I think as a lot of them would like it, and yeah. I think just a bit of a heads up about it lets you enjoy the experience a little bit more. Yeah, um, like I said, I didn't really know what I was going into, and I loved the turn. I love the fact it is. Well, I don't think we have could have ruined it, really. I think that you know, what we've spoken about now is not going to have ruined it at all. No. I think that you can safely watch it, yeah. no problem at all, and, and you'll get quite a bit out of it. Yeah. So, okay, then, mate, are you finished? Yes, mate. Okay, you got a score? Yeah, so I've just got, final words, such an engaging story of a brilliant character that's well worth 92 minutes of anyone's time. Right. I've got 89. Have you? Mm. I mean, that's high, isn't it? He's, well I, I think he deserves it. Okay. We'll have to check the stats and see if that's your highest Nick Cage score or possibly, not. Possibly, possibly, but he was great. Okay, I've got 83. Okay. Long live the cage, yeah. is what I've written. I'd say I'm, I'm happy to accept I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I still stand by, I don't like a lot of his blockbusters, but when he's, he's clearly loving acting, he's mm. clearly back to doing some really great performances and I'm happy with that. Okay. Excellent. Well done, mate. Mm. You seen anything else? Well, I know obviously we was going to use it, so I think I can say now because we're not going to, but we went and saw Jungle Cruise, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has said what is said to be needed about it. I mean, it's Indiana Jones meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets a mummy. It's exactly what you get. <laughs> um, I don't think we can add anything new, but it is one of the reasons I wish CGI had never come along. Right, I'm honest. Okay. Um, I really miss physical effects in a film. Got sixty on it. It's well, I mean, it's weird because it's obviously based on a ride, which is all physical effects. Yeah. As far as I know, it's yeah. it's a physical effects film, maybe like the old I don't know the old George ride that they used to have at Universal Studios. As far as I know, I haven't been on it, but I'm pretty sure it probably is yeah. a physical effects ride. So it's a bit of a bit of a shame. We this was the film that we took my goddaughter yeah. Cecily and we took Amelia to, and we had all the popcorn all over the mm-hmm. floor. There was some some audible gasps uh, mainly from uh, Amelia oh. um, Lee's oldest child um, which was quite surprising 
Jill found it quite funny. She was watching Amelia for quite a bit through through some of the scenes. Um, so I think they got something out of yeah, it. I know I, they certainly got 40 quid worth of sweets out of it. But, but yeah, so um, they enjoyed it. I didn't think it was too bad. I'd probably score it 60 odd. I don't yeah, I've know. I've got 60 on it. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't too bad. I enjoyed the actual taking the I girls. I actually enjoyed Jack Wilde. Oh, yeah, it was I all right. Was, I mean, uh, it was like the, the blueprint was the fucking mummy. It was, you know what I mean? 100%. But, yeah. um, but, you know, it filled a gap, to yeah. be honest. Um, it was nice to actually go yeah. out. It so. kept the kids entertained and it was good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I got 60. Um, went to see Don't Breathe 2 as well. Right. I mean, I was really looking forward to that till everyone said it was you and Mr. Positive, he said it was shit. Yeah, I got 50 on it. Oh, well. 50. Okay. It's, it's watchable, it. mate. I, I think if you can get... a. Uh, like when it comes out on some of the streaming sites, it's worth a watch. Right. Um, I think because I've got an unlimited card, I wasn't unhappy with it. I think if I would have paid for me and the missus 30 quid or whatever to go down and watch it, mm. I wouldn't have been too happy. No, but it's okay. very watchable. Right. And then we watched Twilight again with Little and Last Night. We've got one film left. So I'm asking people out there, 10-year-old girl, she's loving her series. So we've done Hunger Games, done Twilight. Harry Potter? What? No, I ain't watching Harry Potter. Harry Potter, She's please. seen them all. Is she? She's cinema. Is she? You she, sure? Because I'm going to check. Promise you, she's going to check. Going to check. Cinema. So what series, apart from Harry Potter, can we put her on to next? All right. Okay. Uh, what about the Maze Runner? Is that any? We, we've done the first one with her, so oh, yeah. I don't know how many there are on that one. Right. She quite enjoyed that. But if you, yeah, let me know, mate. If you okay. can think of anyone, if anyone else can think of any. Yeah. I mean, she's I'm done the usuals. For, I'm voting for Nightmare on Elm Street. That'd be my vote. Yeah, I would like to have done True Blood or something like that. Apparently, I'm not allowed. Um, but she's done Indiana Jones. She's done all of like, oh, she? yeah, she's okay. done Back to the Futures and stuff. Just a nice series of films. Okay, for a ten-year-old, no worries. We don't mind letting her watch a little bit naughty stuff. <laughs> don't don't like, don't start giving me PG shit. Right, okay. Twelves and fifteen. Okay, fifteen. Yeah, will be fine. <laughs> okay, send them in to Martin. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, I haven't really watched a lot, mate. Okay. Uh, I really have been busy. However, I've been watching uh, a couple of bits of telly. Deadliest Catch. When did they change the narrator? On Deadliest oh, Catch. Oh, really? Fucking hell is shit. Oh, man. I don't know whether he, they changed it. I know. I've got to Google it because it's oh. that bad. And I've been watching uh, a series about the tsunami and Boxing Day. Uh, it's been quite interesting. But I haven't yeah. had time to watch a film. I don't before. like real stuff about human disaster. I, I love serial killers, but when it's innocence. Do you? Okay. All right. Fine. Well, there you go. So sorry about that, everybody. I should get back to film watching soon as I can. Yeah. All right, then, mate. Yes. Moving on. This is the next section. This is the section that we have to call Homework. Homework. There we go. So this is the section where we give each other films that we love and the other one hasn't seen in the hope of uncovering hidden gems. What did you give me, mate? I gave you a film, mate. It's currently 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 15, one hour, 55 minutes long build as a drama with a synopsis of a teacher lives a lonely life all the while struggling over his son's custody. His life slowly gets better as he finds love and receives good news from his son. But his new luck is about to be brutally shattered by an innocent little lie. Starring Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Bo Larson, Anika Wedekop, $3.8 million budget grossing, $16 million, 2012's The Hunt. I mean, I didn't realise it was in Danish. Right. I've got to be honest. I'm glad it was. Yeah. Because it made me concentrate a bit because I'm a bit mm. tired. So it actually yeah. makes me concentrate. Love the language. 
beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it a lovely language, yeah. Danish? Yeah, really good. And um, like, uh, it doesn't actually give too much of a lead up. I know the synopsis says that he lives a lonely life. Yeah. There's not that much time at the start, is there, that explains all that. It might explain that he's sort of fighting for custody of his son over maybe one phone call or a, a quick conversation. You, you don't sort of get too much of a an idea that he is that lonely. No. Um, however, I mean, it, it obviously does explain itself a bit later on. Mads Mikkelsen, fantastic. Any good? He's brilliant. Isn't he? he is good. I mean, I, it was great actually hearing him speak the language. Yeah. Because I don't, I've never heard him really speak Danish before. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was good. The whole cast probably was was pretty solid. Anika, what's her name? Or Anika Watercup. Watercup as yeah. Kiara. How fucking good was she? Mm. Really, really good. Um, she had that a nose twitch. Yeah. A little nose twitch. Like a little elf. She did. She? Yeah. I mean, she's one of the cutest little kids I've seen on screen. Yeah, and such a good little actress, really, really was. Um, and you get a sense, this is really weird, you get a sense of foreboding as the sort of thing builds up. So mm. you get those little inklings. Um, the scene that obviously set it all off, which was set off by a brother, I think, wasn't mm. it, when he sort of flashed a pad with the uh, the explicit picture on it. Gorging or, rod. Yeah, and, and the words that he mentioned. Which, uh, the thing is, the actual son itself, um, or her brother, was actually sort of like one of the, I think, towards the end, like one of the sort of main protagonists against Lucas. Yeah. And he doesn't realise that he was the one that started it, yeah. which was really bad. But yeah, you get this element of foreboding as it's building up, as the scene's building up. Um, such a simple choice of words by a brother. And then the scenes at the school uh, where it's quite innocent for obviously a young girl. And you just get that for don't know exactly what it was about from the synopsis mm. but you just sort of feel this weight sort of building on him and you know what's going to happen and yeah and then obviously it does and the only thing that i'm a bit pissed off about is i don't ever believe that he fought his case enough no i, I did i actually thought that because i was sitting there we, i watched it with the missus a while back and i was just sitting there going why well, don't you just go in and say well no of course i didn't yeah Come on, we go, I'll go down a place with you now. Come on. Yeah, it, it's the it, the thing is, it's like those, um, you know, my, one of my bugbears, where not the one where you wear your coat when you drive, but yeah. the other one where you go to the police and they don't believe you. Yeah. It's one of those. And I, just, I was just sitting there thinking, well, argue your case then. Explain yourself. Do you know what I mean? Just don't, like, bury it. But anyway, so uh, obviously, yeah, it doesn't go too well for him. Obviously, being a small town, uh, I'm not so sure that the interviewer who comes in from outside was qualified to interview the, <laughs> yeah. the young girl, um, talking about did white stuff come out of it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't really needed, was it? Mm -hmm. I don't think that was that was not a great uh, thing. But obviously, being a small town, this is just escalated really yeah. badly. And I do like all of the interactions that he had with his so-called friends, especially like the supermarket scene. Mm. I thought that was quite strong. The Ed part was good. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. But that was a strong scene. That was like the, the sort of, he's definitely been ostracised by yeah. that point and he can't even buy groceries, you know. And, and you do feel sorry for him. It's very difficult to feel sorry for somebody who isn't being really vocal about uh, and fighting their own case. But you've got to feel sorry for him. I mean, it must be horrible. I'd rather get accused of murder, I think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of question I've got about this film for you, really, is do you or would you have liked there to have been an element of doubt or was you happy that you knew the full story? I mean, looking back at it, I'm happy that I knew the full story. Yeah. And and the reason being is, is that 
from the start, I liked the character. Yep. You know what I mean? He was a, he was a nice fella. And I, I think we get a lot of, I mean, we've had films called Doubt and they, they do serve that purpose. But I think this one um, certainly showed a different side. Yeah. Uh, scary, of, isn't it? It was. I mean, we had it recently, didn't we, with Lynn and Lucy, yeah. where my niece was in. Same yeah. sort of thing with a live kid and look what happened yeah. there. But even at a young age, um, you could appreciate the acting from Anika. Mm. Um, so Clara, she was so cute, but I fucking hated her. Yeah, I know. But this is the thing: she drifted in and out of of being like. Um, so when she went around to walk Fanny, yeah. you, you couldn't help but no, feel no. sorry for her. She was being so innocent; she probably didn't know exactly what she'd and then done. She I mean, tried telling her mum, and her mum was like, "No, no, you're exactly. misremembering yeah. and stuff." And you've got to remember that obviously all the rest of the kids as well were then accusing him. I like the fact that they all did, and they said it was in his basement. Well, yeah, it was it was I thought that was good. Yeah, a little win there. But um, yeah, I thought his son was good, Marcus. I like the backdrop of it being at Christmas. Mm. I think obviously anything that Christmas happens, film, mate. Well, <laughs> it may be anything. You might be watching Christmas Day, surely. Uh, but anything that happens around Christmas, you, you have more. Uh, sorrow for people don't you you feel yeah. more sorry for people especially if they're on their own at Christmas the dog killing I could have done without yeah the hunting bit I could have done without I do I mean I'm not for hunting but I appreciate that these people done it for the meat etc mm -hmm. and, the, and the pelts I understand it's a completely different culture but not the dead dog you know what no. I mean not really happy yeah. that they killed the dog but uh, at least you didn't see it no. I've got to be honest so that's good and yeah, like I say, it's just really all the performances. It comes to a crescendo. I love the point. I like the one in the in the church. Yeah. Uh, when he has when he does that, and I also like the I like it when Clara does actually own up, and Theo does go and see him. Um, I think that that's quite a poignant scene at the end. Um, the beautiful scene when they're just sitting with the food. Yeah. Just takes him food because they they strike me as a. A sort of a nation where they share food and everything that is how they interact and become together yeah you get that all the way through didn't yeah. you they're stealing the pie and all yeah. that and stuff like yeah. that and like but but yeah and it's it obviously jumps a year mm -hmm. and and you get that unnerving scene where people are like looking at him out of the corner of their eye and you know that he can he can never truly be the same right. he can never be comfortable totally um in when he shook presence. that bloke's hand i was just sitting there going fucking better man than i am yeah fucking. yeah yeah, I know. No, I mean, like I say, it's um, it was a really good film, mate. I've got mm. to be honest. I did really enjoy it. Um, the ending, I mean, again, you can obviously say that someone's got the ump with him where he then he gets shot. Uh, and I, I don't know if you think you know who it was. I thought oh, it was that son. Torsten. Yeah, I thought it was, but you don't see him, do you? No. But uh, yeah, I've got to be honest, mate. It was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. I loved the fact that it was in Danish. Mm. I thought that the language was amazing. So, um, so yeah, it was really good. I got 78. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, it's just under IMDb. Yeah. Probably could go a bit higher, although it's my frustrations of him not shouting from the rafters about his innocence, yeah. I think. It just left me a bit uh, a bit cold, that bit. Yeah, no, I, good think, film. I think I'll be in the 80s on it, but Would you? it's a good, yeah. solid film. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, though, mate. No, good one. Right, so I gave you a 2013 film directed by Scott Cooper, starring Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson, Casey Affleck, Forrest Whitaker, Willem Dafoe, Zoe Saldana and Sam Shepard. Running time of 116 minutes, budget of $22 million, so box office of $15.7 million, 6.8 on IMDb, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of when Rodney Bayes mysteriously disappears and law enforcement doesn't follow through fast enough, his older brother Russell takes Matt into his own hands to find justice i gave you 2013's out of the furnace you did i did quite well layered film isn't it mate yeah quite well layered 
Um, I thought all the storylines and the character inter- interactions really worked well. Um, I think when we were talking about little children last week, we were talking about the character interactions and how they didn't quite manage mm-hmm. to do it throughout. And I felt this one, they managed to bring everyone in and around together. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the characters were worthy of needing to be in there. What a power trio. Casey Affleck, Christian Bale and Woody Harrelson were though. Mm-hmm. But mate, every time their presence on screen, every one of them, it was almost like a who can outdo someone with the best acting. Best performances from all three, certainly up there in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, they were really great. I thought they did a good job at keeping it real. There wasn't anyone there who was suddenly on the revenge path and you disbelieved what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all... All believable and they didn't overdo it. Um, the one standout scene for me um, was Casey Affleck battling his PCSD. So it was just him and Christian Bale and it was so raw, it was so believable, it felt improvised and the emotions were so high. It just boiled over. I can imagine them both at the end just buzzing with that scene. I didn't expect it. I don't think you could practice that. I think he just let rip. Yeah. Um, it was fucking great. I thought the supporting cast were really good. I thought they was already well chosen and the characters did everything they needed with the side stories. I thought they was all worthy of being in there. I don't think there was any padding in it. Um, I thought the father storyline was really hard hitting and although not necessarily needed, I thought it helped build the characters really well. So I thought it had its place. There was a real oh my fuck scene in there. and I'm not going to spoil it, but I didn't actually see it coming. Not to that extent anyway. And I think this is one in films where the first watch is going to be the one that's going to have that emotion for you once you know it's coming. I don't think there was a huge overall story when you look at it. It's quite a basic story that has a couple of side stories running. But I think the integration with all the little bits and pieces and the complete acting masterclass that was throughout it made it into a great film. On on the sort of level of it, I think it's an average film. Mm. But add all of that in, and I think they just add another dimension to it, and everyone was on their game. There is nothing dulled in about anything here. Um, did you say what was the budget on it? I said that the budget was $22 million. It lost like five, $7 million. I mean, c- considering the calibre of the actors and people like that, I suppose they was all doing it for quite a small one. This sort of strikes me a little bit of Pig, mm. where they're doing something they wanted to do. This isn't a high earner for anyone. Um, and I think it showed um, I've got a reasonably slow burn rather than a furnace, um, but it certainly got up to heat in the end. You are welcome. I've got 80 on it, mate. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll good. Performances, I mean, just stunning. I mean, you got if you put a load of people like that together, it, it should be good, shouldn't it? But just uh, think everyone was on their A game. Mm. Sometimes you put people like that together and... Do you know they were trying to out-act each other? Yeah, but this is what I've... The impression I got, especially mm. with, um, like, they was almost trying to compete. Like, Bale. I, f- I, I felt Casey Affleck was trying to prove himself in with Woody Harrelson and Christian Bale. Right. Obviously, they're bit, probably a bit more established. And I think this was his chance to go, well, fuck you. I mm. can do this as well. And I think he did. Yeah. And I can imagine um, Christian Bale after that scene where he gets up in his face, he's going, fuck it, fair play, mate. Yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Good. Okay, well done, mate. So, mm. some good ones this week. Yeah. Right, so what you got for me this week? Got your film, mate. It's currently 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 15, two hours, nine minutes long build as a biography crime drama. 
With a synopsis of the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover-up within the local Catholic Archdiocese, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core. Cheery, cheery. So this is starring Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton and Rachel McAdams. $20 million budget, grossing $99 million, 2015 spotlight. Okay then, mate. Yeah, so I think that came out at the same sort of time as The Big Short, I think. Yep. And I avoided this as well. Uh, I went at the same as I avoided The Big Short. But yeah, I look forward to giving that a watch. So yeah. I'm giving you a 1969 film directed by Dennis Hopper, starring Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper and Jack Nicholson. Running time of 96 minutes, budget of $400,000, taking $60 million at the box office, 7.3 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of two bikers head from LA to New Orleans through the open country and desert lands. And along the way, they meet a man who bridges a counterculture gap of which they have been unaware i'm giving you 1969's easy rider oh classic there, there you go for a, a acting trio of yeah. powerhouses uh, for you jack nicholson peter fonda and dennis hopper yeah there you go love a bit of dennis hopper do you yeah good directed it as well yeah well, there you go yeah so look uh, forward to that it's a classic there mm. all right then mate so uh what are we doing next week we got adam joining us from yeah. the light sitting born we have um gave him the choice it was like adam do anything we want. He wants Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. <laughs> of all the films. Well, I think this is one, actually. We discussed on when we went there for our initial interview. Oh. Um, and he said he wants to put some classic... Not a job interview, when we interviewed yeah, them. Yeah, when, yeah. We, when they was opening. And he said he wants to do um, some classic horror on big screen. And I think this was one of the ones he actually listed. Right. So it'll be an interesting one. Back to our roots. It is. So then, mate, do you want to reiterate how people can contact us on social media? Absolutely. You can get us on Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone, or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com. And please do. We always love the interaction. Yeah. Uh, Mark, our social media expert, yeah. is there for anything you need. I'm always on there. <laughs> you are, I know. Yeah. Luckily enough. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have turned up. <laughs> so there you go then, mate. Yeah. All right, I'm all done. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing because obviously uh, I'm working yeah. and you're going roller coastering. Yeah. So fuck off, <laughs> be honest. Okay? Yeah. Say goodbye then, Mark. Goodbye then, Mark. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Got sorted this week, mate. Oh. Group of lads all throwing potatoes at me. Oh, well. I know it's terrible. So I find the police and they asked if I'd be confident in identifying them. Mm-hmm. I went, Yes, mate, they were King Edwards. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd, I'd got to be honest, yeah. I'd love to see people, kids throwing potatoes at <laughs> I you. I know you would. It'd be fucking amazing. Would that not be amazing? I know you would. Uh, put it on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last ever episode, uh, yeah? I mean, that might have been the worst thing we've ever said. <laughs> ah, dear. Quite well, like, uh, yeah, but nope. Ignore that. Delete all that. <laughs> Whoever floats your boat, mate. <laughs> I'm not leaving that in, either. <laughs> it's actually your third one. Good podcast in this one,